It's very near and dear topic to all our hearts, which is the Astros uh, situation, the Astros cheating, from a halachic perspective, which I'd like to discuss. Um, but it is relevant to medicine also, as we'll see cheating in general, whether it's cheating on insurance companies or things like that, um, and how things work, coding and medical coding. But really, we're talking about the Astros, just for me to make a medical connection. Yes. Okay. Astro, uh, outfit, yeah, you knew, uh, um, we can okay. talk about the medical coding. I would, that's also good. Right, so maybe we'll connect, maybe I don't know enough about how that works, but I need your input. And then we do. Yeah. I, I'll <laughs> we all do. <laughs> okay. So let's start with the Astros, and then maybe all next right. week we'll get to the medical. It's a good topic. I, I really, you know, it's also, of course, connected to the Parsha. Um, you always have to connect to the parish. I'm not sure how, but <laughs> it is connected. Um, I, I, I had a connection, I'm trying to think. Both? Both, yeah. So at the end, it's really the era, maybe. At the end of the Exodus, at the end of the plagues, the last plagues take place in this week's parasha. So the last plague, as we know, is Makas Bechoros. Ah, that's interesting. Makas Bechoros, um, the plague of the firstborn. So the, the, as we know, Pharaoh, the Medrash says, was a firstborn also, but he didn't die. The only firstborn who wasn't killed, male firstborn, was Pharaoh himself. So they discuss. That's no. not true. That's okay. not right. Okay. Why? Why? Because the Pharaoh um, who was firstborn was the son of Seti. We're talking about Ramesses, Ramesses II. He was the son of Seti. And according to the uh, secular information, whether you like it or not, like Seti it. had another son called Seti who died before Pharaoh's uh, okay, Ramesses II. Seti himself didn't die. Hmm? Seti himself didn't die. Seti wasn't the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was Ramesses II. So did Ramsey the second was die not or the not? the firstborn. Oh, okay. I got you. He had an older brother uh, uh, um, whose name Maybe was Maybe from Seti. a different mother. Is that in your book? Maybe from a different mother. No. If, if also no, but he had a, it's in the When the Jews are going to say to uh, the Egyptian, let us borrow your gold and silver, is that sort of lying and stealing at the same time? Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> right there. That's, connection. That's, a, that's actually a proof, I think, for... You know slave reparations, that whole class. We see that the Torah yeah. holds a slave reparation. That's, that's why they were able to. It wasn't stealing. The main answer, the answer why it wasn't stealing, is because they, were, they had a right to it. They earned it. So that's a proof of slave reparations. Proof for Bernie and Ralph Elizabeth Warren. Once more, his brother died at the age of 14. Okay, so. So the bottom line is, so what's the connection? So you just brought another connection, which is you see that the Jews sort of took borrowed, borrowed quote-unquote, uh, uh, the booty from the Egyptians before they left. So that was a little... Um, lie. Little, yeah, a little lie there too, but, but I will t that's a, another but connection. My connection, yeah. If we want to talk about inconsistencies in the parasha, <laughs> you have the whole thing of God telling Moshe about uh, Passover, and the unleavened bread, and then all of a sudden they're leaving Egypt, and then the bread doesn't have a chance to rise. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. It's not a lie. It's um, not a lie, but it's a um, okay. So anyway, my connection. Let me just finish my connection. My connection was, I have to remember, um, uh, is, is the is Pharaoh at the end. So why doesn't he die? So the so the Medrash, a lot of the commentaries explain why. Assuming if he really was, besides what I just yeah, told besides you, besides for the fact, let's facts. leave facts out of this. Besides for the facts, um, the fact that they explain, even though he's a firstborn, he didn't die because sort of God wanted him to live. It's it's much worse. It's easier to you know death is a cop out, as they say. It's easier to it's harder to stay alive when you know you're basically your whole country is destroyed, killed the economy, all the firstborn are decimated, the crops, and everything would happen, and, and, and you you were the cause of that. <laughs> okay, so it's much sometimes much harder to live with this uh, aspect where you're not. So it, it, just pertaining to the Astros, you know, the question becomes, did they really have a right to win? That? Is, is the championship theirs? The World Series really theirs? To live with that that uh, doubt, so to speak. The asterisk. They cause, right, the asterisk. Right, it's much harder um, sometimes than that. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, that's don't worry. Like the point of your Okay, the, you know, everyone, that's the goal here, to that mess up the point. To Our goal is to mess up the point. So getting back to the topic at hand. So the question becomes, as we're going to see, there's, is, is from a perspective, um, is there a problem with stealing the signs? 
but more so how does that play out um, with cheating and cheating but the question becomes more of even is it a monetary issue um, years back when there was the uh, Roger Clemens the anabolic steroid issue so there was an attorney in town an orthodox attorney his name is Elliot Sin who actually tried to organize with Rocket Rosen blessed memory who just passed away tried to organize a class action lawsuit against the Astros to recoup um, people who had uh, season tickets because they claimed it wasn't a fair now you know we want our money back we bought season tickets purchased season tickets and uh, and uh, now they were cheating it's really we weren't watching a fair game we brought our kids to a family game where two, two uh, teams are, are are uh, competing fairly, and now that they didn't, we want our money back. It's, it was a different concept than was sold to us. Okay, that was never the class action so it never happened. It goes even beyond that. There are many people that are hurt as a, as a, as a result. Could be the concession concessionaires uh, in Los Angeles. Now they're losing, uh, yeah. Meaning in the future, less people will buy. Yeah. yeah. So that's another aspect. So who's liable? So as we're going to see, it's 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 not only a nice. It's not just cheating. In the sense of cheating, I will show you from the halacha, but it's there could be literally monetary um, uh, ramifications, damages that can come out of that. And is there, and how does halacha view that? That's what I'd like to discuss, and then maybe we'll get to medical coding at a later point in time in our life. Okay, so the first, so there's a very important thing which we might have discussed here in the past, I'm sure we did, which is the kind, there's a concept in halacha called geneva dat. Geneva dat. Um, literally means stealing of the mines. That's the little Geneva means um, robbery, thievery. That is the mind, is the person's mind. So the, the Gemara discusses a, a, this type of theft. There's a list of seven types of thievery. Amongst them is this concept called Geneva that, which, um, again, the little translation means stealing the mind, but there's a much, it means really translated, the better interpretation would be um, giving off a false impression, giving a false impression to someone intentionally. When I come, and then the Shulchan Aruch gives a number of cases here, but the classical case, we've discussed it here in the past, I believe, which is, um, I know Ron's going out of town next week. Um, I, I saw his wife posted on Facebook, he's leaving town next week, they're going to Hawaii. Hello, bye. Sounds um, good. But so therefore I go ahead and I invite him for Shabbos when he's going to be out of town giving off the impression that I really love Ron and I want him to come for Shabbos. I really don't. But I, since I know he's not going to come anyway, he's going to be out of town, so I, I invite him and I call him up. I say, can you guys join us for a Friday night dinner when I know he's going to be in Hawaii next week. When right? his so that's wife can cancels the trip, and I'm screwed. The or, yeah. or you invite him to Shabbos in Hawaii and you go there. Ron would invite me to Hawaii. I would go. That's true. But um, but the point is, so I'm giving off the impression that I really like Ron and I want him to come Friday dinner when I know he's no way he's coming. Okay, so that's called. It sounds like a little minor thing. It's a big thing. I want to score some points and and show that I'm really friendly with him. I'm really not. So I try to do that. So that is called Geneva that. That's prohibited. And it's a form of thievery. You're conveying a false impression. Again, you'd say, like, what's the problem? I'm, you know, I'm making the guy feel good. I invited him. No. But if the goal of is to create that false impression, that's prohibited. Another example um, would be... Um, as that's a, the same thing with window shopping. Ah, to a certain extent, yes. So we discussed that many times, meaning not window shopping. I mean, going in. Yeah. 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 Showrooming is it Politicians are all guilty. Yeah, yeah. politicians are not. Uh, what do we call them? Guilty of a lot worse. Politicians are guilty of a lot worse. Showrooming. Showrooming. That's the current term is people who shop on the internet, but they want to try out the laptop at Best Buy before they buy it on Amazon. So that, if you, unless you state that, well, I don't know about Best Buy, they don't mind, maybe they'll actually match the price, by the way. Best Buy, if you tell them, show them on Amazon, they'll match the price. I've done that. So that's a nice thing to know. But but if, assuming you're going to somewhere, like a smaller store where they mind, if you have to state if you're coming in and you don't plan on buying, yeah. Allah says you're you're conveying a false impression. You're stealing and that time. Yeah, you're wasting the time. That's, they're not going to, you know, if they know that you're not buying in the store, then they're not going to bother with the you. internet. Right, <laughs> so exactly. So that's showrooming. That could be, a, again, if, if it's a place like Best Buy or Walmart where they're, you know, that's part of the thing. They actually want you to come in anyway, you probably buy something else, so then it's not a problem. It's if you, assumptions they don't mind. But a smaller mom and pop store, that could be an issue. That is another question. There is a, a, a mom and pop. Mom and pop. <laughs> there is sort of a medical parallel, not directly, but people come in, at least to me, and I assume everyone's had this, and they're wasting your time because they really have no interest in getting better. Yeah. 
and getting bit. That's not intentional. Right? I think that's that psychological. Not intentional, but no. So I'm saying it's not intentional. It's, it's, it's intentional. still a problem. They really they, again. They, they as we're going to discuss, sick. it has I, to be I intentional uh, giving off the false impression. I think physicians think that their their advice is so valuable that anybody that doesn't take it. Must be Meshuggah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people who are truly neurotic or this side of my childhood. Yeah, so that's their uh, illness. That's, that's not that's their, their illness. That's their yeah, illness. That's right. the, that's the, 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 no, they like being sick. Or, uh, they like the attention. My mom loves the attention. She she broke her ankle. She has AIDS all over her and she loves it. Seeing a big man. That's something else. That's an illness. That's a psychological illness. The big issue in medicine is workman's compensation. Being dishonest, conveying a false impression. Yeah. yeah, so it's a great topic. We'll get there. I don't know. It's not only enough. Let's patients, first do the astro pain doctors. And then apply. Pain doctors, back pain, they want drugs. No, but that's just a drug addict. You know how to tell when a drug addict's lying, of course not. We all know how to tell. Well, we, it's his mouth. Yeah, it's his mouth. We used to all be pain doctors, and we had a few patients in our practices that were druggies. And we dealt with them on an occasional basis. And then they now the government, else. now the government said nobody can treat chronic pain except pain doctors. And we channeled them into these mills, drug dealers, and then we're dealers. shocked to find out that there are pain mills. You drop this. Don't eat it. And we missed you that. This yeah. 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 Um, I, I dropped you know, something. Gainey, you know the oh, Chris Gainey reports I heard. Pain so doctors are complaining like hell about them. Because they get the Sorry, I brought this up. Okay, so, so we're going to Astros. Let's stick to the Astros. What about them Astros? So, um, so the thing is like this. So, so again, so that's a few examples I just put down from the Shulchan Aruch here. Again, he says, one should not give the impression, number two on the sheet, one should not give the impression that one is doing something for another when he really isn't. For example, should not urge his friend to eat with him when he knows that the person won't accept his invitation. Okay, so again, you're trying to score those points. He should not send gifts when he knows the person won't take them. Some people, like, you know, they won't, they say, we, never, we don't take gifts. So you're going to bring a gift just to show, you know, but you know, you really just bring it for the next bar mitzvah, but this one, you want to score the points here. Okay, so you're going to use it every bar the next five bar mitzvahs, the same gift. So that's a problem. You should not open a fresh barrel of wine, the remainder of which has been sold to a merchant. So meaning this is, someone comes to you, and uh, for Shabbos, in those days they didn't have bottles of wine, they had barrels. So you, once you open the barrel, it would go, you know, you have only two days to finish it, it goes bad. So you, you, you really have a customer for the other half of the barrel. When you're opening it, you, you know, it's a big thing. If you open your barrel of wine just for a guest, or today even a bottle, you know, you open a bottle just for one cup, but you really have another, uh, you know, you're going to use it tomorrow for Kiddush or whatever. So you know, you're conveying that I'm opening the bottle just for you when you're really not. Okay, so that's another... That would be another case of uh, conveying a false impression. Um, another example of this, and this next part, which is, uh, and I mentioned this before in other contexts, is you're visiting someone in the hospital. So as a rabbi, you know, you're going to visit the big donor. Uh, the rabbis only go to visit big donors, really, in the hospital. And, and then you come up on the eighth floor, and there's three, three rooms down, there's some other guy who's not a big donor. He really would never have came to visit, but he thinks you came for him. Comes out of his room, Rabbi, it's amazing you came parked in the medical center, 15 bucks just for me. Right? And, uh, and, um, but you really are, came for the next door neighbor. Okay? So now this is where it's important. There's a distinction here, and it's very important. We'll see it's relevant to the astros. So what should you do? Tell the guy oh, really come to visit Exactly. You? So now, the, so the Shulchan Aruch says like this. It says, if it's the kind of thing the friend should have realized, and he's fooling himself by thinking that it was done to honor him, Okay, for example, when a friend, when a person meets his friend on the street, friend thought he had come specially to greet him, which is the case that Talmud says that there was two rabbis coming into a town, happened to be, uh, you know, at a truck stop, and the one rabbi was leaving, and the rabbi said, oh, wow, you came just, you came, came out of town just to greet me, because the rabbi was coming into town, sorry, two rabbis were walking out, happened to be they were traveling, the rabbi said, oh, you came out just to greet me, it's so nice, so they didn't say anything. So the Gemara says, it's going to have his How could they not say it? So it says, listen, he's an idiot for thinking we came to greet him. It's not our fault. You don't have to... I can't intentionally convey a false impression. If I'm going into the hospital, the eighth floor, and this guy comes out of the room and says, well, Rabbi, thank you so much for visiting me, I don't have to say anything. Because he's... It's really... he initially, I didn't convey any false impression. I was just walking down the floor. I don't have to 
stop someone else's false impression. That's not my obligation. Meaning, the obligation is to intentionally convey a false impression. If someone has a false impression, because they are very high, it's happened to me two weeks ago, I'll tell you. A real case that happened, I went to someone to let them know. Me and my wife met with someone. It was, it was a decision that we had made, and we felt like we have to let these people know. So we went to their house to let them know. And like in the conversation, it was apparent they thought we're coming to them for advice. They said, we're so honored you're coming to us for advice. And we had no, we really were not coming. We were just coming to let them know about our decision. But they assumed, you know, if you're very high on yourself, they thought we're coming to them for advice. So we didn't say anything. I wasn't going to burst the guy's bubble. I would never take advice from this guy on anything. Okay, you're so... You're supposed to embarrass. Yes, embarrass that's also true. Exactly. So therefore, you're not just meaning... <coughs> if, if the guy comes out of the hospital room or the, the wife and says, wow, it's so nice you came to visit... You don't have to burst the guy's bubble, because that's his problem. He is the one that created this false impression. I didn't create the false impression. I wasn't going to visit someone else. I happened to pass by the guy's room. You okay. were in it. Right, exactly. So in that case, says the Shulchan Aruch, but if it's the kind of thing the friend should have realized, and he's fooling himself by thinking it was done to honor him, for example, when a person meets his friend, so then it's not necessary to inform him. I don't have to burst. There's no obligation to prevent people from having false impressions. I just can't intentionally convey a false impression um, to fool the guy and to score points with him. Yeah. So is that applicable to the Astro situation where if you're if you believe that all athletes are playing by the rules, you're pretty stupid. Oh, so we'll get to that. So that's a very good point. We'll get there we'll get there okay. soon. That is a very valid point. The corollary the corollary to Shelley's question is if a pitcher knows that the advantage is there because they were stealing, but he's not the one that was stealing them. The, the signs, did he have a duty to basically be a whistleblower? In Mike Fires. So, so again, where he do we have a duty to reveal someone else's cheating? Right. So, so he's pitching. He knows that he's getting the advantage because the, he knows they were stealing the signs. His batters are doing he better. He didn't steal the signs, but he knows that the signs were stolen, and he's taking advantage on the called pictures of the what he should be doing right. based on his knowledge that they were stolen. Does it's he, reverse stealing. Yeah, yeah. So, does, does he have a duty then to say, uh, I'm confused. I don't go know. to manager. Yeah, Honestly, Mike I don't know enough about baseball. Mike Fires. Mike Fires pitching for the Astros. Yeah. He not benefit directly from stealing signs, but the batters on his team are benefiting. They're scoring more runs yeah. for Mike Fires while he's pitching, and he knows the batters are doing this. Okay. Does he have an obligation to speak up against? So that's a general signs. question. Do I have an obligation to speak up? No, he's saying he's, he's benefiting. He didn't speak so up. That's, that's a general question. Do I have to do I have to tattletale on it? Did and I say that right? cheating. You, you did this would be relevant. You actually know what happened. This would be relevant in an I'm office. Let's say I'm uh, I'm the secretary. I'm uh, working in a medical the office, picture, right? and they're cheating on their they're giving wrong coding. So I'm not involved, but I know that's going on. Why would I have to report it? That's a very good question. We will get to. Okay, so. Does that come over your practice? Um, cheating there's always <laughs> cheating for codes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I heard this recently from someone. Time. No, it happens all the time, but it's actually not a bad thing. Isn't it? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. If it's you know the norm in the industry, we're going to get to that. No, also. like it's fascinating how it's completely normal. Right, it's a problem. It's expected. As a matter of fact, I had someone recently. I have recently a PA who was looking for a job. <coughs> two, two cases that I had where people came to me for yeah. halachic advice, where one is a PT, actually, who was opening a private business. The reason why he, was op he said okay. everyone he, he worked for basically made him cheat, uh, meaning to change the codes in their, for insurance. He said there's no way, he, halachically, he felt like it's a, he's compromising his morals, and the only way he could survive is by opening his own business, but everyone told him, you're not going to make it. If you keep the coding, you're, never gonna, you're not going to make a living. So far, he's been doing well, actually. Yeah, but so it's an interesting yeah, question. The other one was a PA who was applying for jobs. A PA graduated from Galveston. Another guy is a firm guy, and he came to me and said, every job he went, basically, they, it's the same problem. They, they want him to be part of a... He, can't, you know, he told them up front, so this guy's very straight. Which I was an idiot. When on the interviews, he would tell them, "Listen, I cannot 
I can I got to do what's right. I'm very I'm a religious person. I can't cheat. I can and he couldn't get a job for months. That's very nice. It's good luck figuring out what's right. What's right? The question is what's right. So we're gonna have, we have to get to that. Yeah. So it's a it's a fascinating thing, but it's re- it's relevant. Let's start again. Let's start with the Astros and we'll get. Uh, hopefully the next is that because you know so much more about baseball than you about no. medical coding? No, it's because I, <laughs> this class I already had five years ago. I see, okay. So, okay, it's a recycle. Uh, so, um, who made this uh, paper? You? Did you make this or did you get it somewhere? I you made, made it. so relevant. All my material is plagiarized. I never, nothing yeah. is mine. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. Um, you know, no, I'm saying whatever. By, you know, anyway, anyway, else is mine. The copyright has already. That's why I'm saying it very clearly. None of my material is original. It's all from the top. Okay, so uh, so um, so so then I put down some of the questions here. If an athlete steals signs, what, who are the potential victims of the Gnevatat? So now that we've established there's a concept called Gnevatat, which means conveying a false impression, which in this case would be the players conveying Isn't that they're much better. What's that? We'll get there. We'll get there. Right? Yeah, we'll get there. But first, let's start with the Gnevatat. Yes, very good point. We'll get there in a second, which, I mean, is, a, which is a jump. Okay, but like let's start whatever. with Gnevatat. I agree. Well, we'll see, right? But, we'll, but let's first start with Gnevatat. So, so Gnevatat is. Let's establish at least so far we've established connected that we have to get to the your stage where where you're conveying a false impression which is the players are conveying they're better than they are because they actually know the signs prior to the pitch um, to what the pitch is going to be so they're conveying that they're much more skilled technically than they really are that would be uh, I'm assuming that everyone would agree to that and that would be a violation of game attack Yes, yeah, no, except, maybe. Except it's really debatable. i got to tell you, in baseball, it's really debatable <laughs> whether knowing what's coming is that big an advantage. People well, clearly helps the Astros. Not, not no. necessarily. Look, this year they weren't stealing signs. They came within a couple hours of winning the World Series signs. again. Because it's very debatable. People want to steal signs. It thinks they give them a big advantage. Of course, there's no scientific study to prove it. But many people say, even if you know what's coming, you still can't necessarily hit it. Yeah, it's so still a skill. You still need skill with that, even when you steal it. It's no good. Difference. No, it's, it's, it's in this corner, that corner, no. this corner, that corner. No, that that you don't know. All I everyone agrees you, you need skill no, to play no, baseball. All I, all I got was it's a, uh, it's a fastball or it's not it's a not fastball. Changing. That's all I got. Yeah. So they didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> that's all I could get, fastball or not fastball. That's all I could get. But, you know, it could be a slider, it could be a curve, it could be a knuckleball, it could be anything. So it's debatable whether even cheating helps that much. Well, the, the, the that much it can be or pretty at all. critical. Or at all. Uh, well, what Ron was saying before about degradations of cheating. So. A, a tiny, tiny little advantage is a pretty significant advantage. Oh, it's still debatable whether it helps at all. Uh, you're right. As much as, but at all. But, that's um, that just goes to their stupidity for bothering. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Stu- stupidity isn't a defense. It doesn't intent no. count here. Yeah. So that's a good I question. So. Meaning, if so I intended to convey, well, that's yeah. a no. Shall I'll I, tell you what. You stealing money, getting to stealing money is intent. Of course, that's, that's intent to do a sin. Here, the whole thing is conveying a false impression. Let's say I, c- I conveyed the false impression, but the person didn't get it. They didn't actually uh, <laughs> realize. They, you know, they were too dumb to realize I was conveying this false impression. Well, meaning it wasn't. Fo- they ended up not thinking but my intent. So did I? Was that a violation? I'm not sure. It's an interesting question. But, but I don't know the answer. Be- because if they're, if they stole them to try and have an advantage. Uh, yeah, so listen, the intent is the problem, but it was that I actual sin. Meaning, I'm not saying, first of all, by the way, there's legal aspects, which, of course, Dina the Machusev, the law of the help. land, or the law in baseball of LMB, is that you can't steal signs, so then that's a violation in any case, that's for sure. Stealing signs is legally prohibited. I don't know if it is, I don't know enough about it, but I'm saying, but, but. Assuming that the baseball's rules are the law of the land. Well, uh, yeah, but I'm saying is if you, well, if they sign the contract, signing on to the rules of the LMLB, the Astros, yeah, are part of the thing. So then, so then, it's it's a violation, even if no one benefits. 
Stealing right. signs have always been prohibited. No, what I'm saying is, so the benefit is irrelevant. So you're saying maybe there's no benefit. So that would be irrelevant because they did something illegal. Right. At a now, level. More recently, what put the Astros in hot water is more recently they added, and specifically, you can't use electronic equipment to steal signs. So that's a specific. Right. So, so that's another thing. So going back to what you mentioned before, which is that, that if everyone, let's say it's assumed everyone's trying to get signs, everyone's stealing signs. Yeah, right. It's okay. a given. But they took it to the next level by putting cameras in the outfield. So, right. so it's, it's, it goes back to what Ron said before. There's, there's certain stealing that might be, okay, it's understood. Everyone is, is stealing those signs. Everyone's looking. I'm allowed to legally, if I, if I could figure out the guy's signs, I did nothing wrong, right? So if I'm watching the picture and after a while I figure out that this sign means that, I didn't do anything. Right. I didn't do anything well, illegal. Yeah, and also you can figure so out... Is that, is that true? Is that a true statement? Say it again if you... If I eventually, after, you know, six games, I figured out what this picture said. No, that's about. not illegal. It's right? not illegal, right. No. So all the Astros did is we took it to the next level by putting a camera in. And, and, it wasn't you know, so they much took the camera. It was the communication of the information through the banging... But this is hardly new. So what's the illegal part? This is, what's the illegal this part? It is not... It is not new. In 1951, the home run hurt, the shot hurt around the wall. Bobby Thompson wins the pennant in a one-game playoff. Leo DeRoche had a telescope in center field. He was stealing signs, and Ralph Branca threw a pitch, and Kiner, uh, Kiner threw a pitch. <coughs> Branca knew what's coming. He wins a game. That was in 51 with the telescope. Well, we know no baseball way. was invented. Well, <coughs> this is not new. No it's the same as card counting and yeah, exactly. If you're really good at it, right, so, right, so, that's, so, so that is an important question, which is, if it's the standard to, that everyone's doing it, then then uh, there is a concept in Chosha Mishpat, even with you know, let's say Gnevis Das also, for example. Um, <coughs> like we're saying, let's say, take Best Buy as an example. Everyone knows people go into Best Buy. Best Buy knows that. And they're happy. They'll, if you ask Best Buy, I told you, I had a case. I told you, I remember the story right, where I was dating a woman. Um, this is when I was single, by the way. Not so after I was married. Right. Yes, and... and um, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. And she was too firm for me. And when I was, I took her, I used to be a very cheap dater. I still am very cheap. So I took her to I, a cheap to date. Orthodox dating is very little you can do. So I, uh, I took her to Ikea, because I always felt like Ikea, you get uh, to see a lot about the personality. In Orthodox dating, it's very hard to get to know the person. So I took her to Ikea, because you get to see her taste of furniture, you know, like that. And it's also cheap uh, food there at the cafe. It's cheap, to very good, cheap dating, and you learn a lot about the person. So, um, so she, we walked into Ikea, she said, it's a halakhic problem, because we're not coming to buy anything. How can you do this? It's showroom. So... At that point, I just left her there, and I left. I went. <laughs> so, uh, but but so what happened? I was so pissed at her. I went over to an employee and I said, "Listen, we're here on a date. We have no plans of buying anything. Not even married. We don't live together. We're not buying furniture. Can we just sit on the couch and have, and enjoy ourselves?" This guy said, "Sure." Okay. So, um, so the point being is that that some places don't mind. Meaning, well, here I asked them, but Best Buy, if you, I'm sure if you'd ask them, just coming in to buy, they, they want you to come in because you might buy something else, you might change your mind, you might like it. This cube laptop better than one you saw on Amazon. So, so then, so right, so therefore they're happy you're coming in even if you're, okay, so that means, meaning if it's the accepted practice in this store, then it's not a problem with Gnevis Das. It's not, so the same thing would be here. Meaning if everyone knows that all the players, the standard in the, in baseball is that people steal signs, so then there wouldn't be an issue. Well, Except again, the <coughs> I'll give you another the example. law of the in, land part. In baseball, spitballs are illegal. Doctoring the ball. If you have a ball and you get a little grease on it or a little dirt, it, they, by the way, they change balls all the time. If the ball hits the dirt, they get rid of it because there's a little dirt in the ball. It affects how it spins. Mm -hmm. So, but That's everyone it. knows that pitchers are constantly trying to put something Sand on the paper. ball. Sandpaper. And it's illegal. And everybody does it. Sorry. And there are people in the Hall of Fame who are famous for having doctored the ball throughout their career. It's a law that kind of umpires don't really enforce, except if it's ingredients. Putting pitch on the bat. Yeah, of course. Corking the bat, all those right, sorts so of things. So again, if it's accepted that everyone does this, again, you can't steal money still. But then there's no Gnevitas. Because as we're going to see, as Ron pointed out, the stealing the money only becomes because you you sold uh, an item that they should that they didn't know. But it's you relevant to the medical coding, for right. sure. Well, no. So again, you it. can't steal 
money and use this excuse that everyone's doing it. That doesn't work. But, but if the coding. insurance companies understand when you write this, you really did this, and this is what you mean, so then we'll get to that. That's a good question. The catcher signs are in code because the expectation is somebody's going to try to steal them. Well, they yell out, throw a fastball That's right. <laughs> on the outside corner. It changes all the time, so the business about stealing signs is expected, at least in baseball. Right. Um, For sure. So, why should people be so... Why, why should people be upset? So, right, meaning, do they have a right to recover their costs? Maybe you're saying not, because they should have known that. Just because you're an idiot, you're naive, and didn't realize people st always steal signs, that doesn't mean I'm lying. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at Barry Bonds, and you could convince yourself he wasn't taking Good. steroids, yeah. you, you need to have your head yeah, examined. <laughs> <laughs> Even the, the catcher doesn't get not give an unfair advantage to the, the side that's doing the pitching. Well, but well, both teams out. pitch. But you know, that takes away a little bit of the skill of the right. pitcher. Of course. But they're constantly looking for those kind of edges. I mean, every time you have a, a, first, uh, a down in football, you, dis you discuss your uh, tactics, but the other side shouldn't know in, this, in the scrum. Well, there's a difference between keeping a secret and have putting a microphone... That's what he was saying, technology you're going to use. Yeah. Brian, they, they just you had this thing about mm -hmm. him studying the, uh, the referee's manual because the, the referees stand in certain positions and move around to certain positions. He studied it in detail to know where they were going to be so he could foul somebody that nobody would see. The would see, see. It, of course. Gives him a, an unfair advantage. But, but, but that's... It's he didn't take anything that wasn't available through the public domain. Right. Or to the other players. Or right. the domain within his, his profession. Yeah, but still, he's he saying intentionally fouling, knowing that... Interesting question. An, an issue of intent. Right. Yes. Yes. If an, so again, if an athlete steals signs, yeah. number one, question number one, if an athlete steals signs, who are the potential victims of his Geneva that? Assuming it is Geneva that, is it the other players, the owners of the teams, or the fans? And the player or himself. Or all of the above. And the player himself who steals it. No, but he's, he's not. Who's the victims of Geneva that? Well, well no, who's the victims? He's, he's not his victim own victim. He's, he's also he's stealing it himself. I think. Sure what you mean. That sounds very philosophical. Too philosophical for this class. Right? He's not his own. I mean. He's, he's intentionally harming someone else. The question is who's Look, getting harmed. It's like a student. You give him a reading assignment, he doesn't read it, he comes to class as if he did read it. I mean, who's getting harmed there? Him. Okay, we we'll got, that's a good point. Number two, are these victims... No, he's going to get his diploma. Oh, that's what we're going to talk about in a second. Are these victims <laughs> fooling themselves, quote-unquote victims, fooling themselves into thinking that the player is actually better than he really is? Is there any false goodwill in that engendered by the player? Okay. Uh, number three, can a class action, action lawsuit on behalf of fans to recoup the t ticket sales be filed? So that's a legal question, not for, not for this group. Okay, so now so we're going to turn the page to the Hebrew part. For those who don't like Hebrew, you can, you, there is some oh, of it, the punchline. The punchline punch is, uh, is in English on the other side, but I'm going to read the Hebrew and translate. Um, so this is a, a, there's actually two responses in here. They're both, one is more relevant to coding, so we'll leave that one out for next week, which is about, the first, is two responses from um, Moshe Feinstein. The first one is about cheating on government programs um, for that, uh, for yeshivas or other uh, institutions. There was, uh, unfortunately, very infamous cases in the 70s of yeshivas, you know, the, the federal government has lunch programs, and there was a few uh, di executive directors of yeshivas that were arrested, um, went to jail, to che for cheating on lunch programs. You know, they would, uh, you know, boost the numbers, whatever, is to get more money from the federal government in the 70s. Okay, that's very sad. Yes, no, you don't need to say what you can say. I agree. No, no, you reminded me of. My Saba was a quartermaster for during the 67 war. So he, no, earlier, to so the 
48 were, I think. So they're in Jerusalem, and they wanted to get a tally of the soldiers. And so his job was to tell them the number of soldiers to get the food from the government. So he would always, in the morning, tell them the number because he knows he was going to lose some soldiers during the day, and his number later in the day would be less. So he's trying to be on. So he did in the morning purposely to get the higher number so that for dinner they would actually have more food. Okay, but that's honest. That's nothing wrong. I understand, but it's a deliberate. Tr- I mean, it's yeah, so uh, where do you beating draw the, the system? Line? Right. So it's, this is where it comes medical coding. You're you're trying to beat the system, but in a dishonest way. But is that illegal if everyone's doing it? That's the norm. That's the way everyone uh, no, uses the system. It's not legal. Everybody's doing. It. Yes, I understand. Yes, so, so that, but it's. But I'm saying is, there's, as Ron said before, there's levels and dishonesty. And where is there a level okay, where it's saying, listen, this is the normal industry. You could now it becomes. I agree. Almost there's legal to a certain There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with taking best advantage of whatever the real rules are. You didn't write the rules. Right. You should be taking advantage as best you can within the envelope. Mm-hmm. It's when you go outside the, the lines with right, your Right, so that's the question. So but where's the line? it's a envelope. <laughs> For sure, because suppose the Astros, instead of using electronic machinery, just had a guy out there with a telescope and then started banging garbage cans. They're, not, they're just stealing signs. They're not using electronic equipment. I mean, you know... Well, that, that's whatever the rules are at that moment in the organization. Today it's electronics. Twenty years ago, that rule about electronics didn't exist. No, but if a guy on second, a runner on second base is stealing the signs and passing it back in the dugout with his own signs, that's pretty much accepted. But a guy sitting in center field with a telescope, man, not so much. Mm-hmm. But it's not electronic equipment. So, this, so these are all important questions, which I don't have answers to. So we're going to read this. This is a tshuva. The second, the, the first response um, was about uh, government uh, programs, okay, which was a, a very sad story. I mean, just try to, you know, just the Chil Hashem and the desecration of... Uh, it, was, it was just a bad story with that there was at least one that I'm aware of who went to jail and took the fall for many people, uh, and the director of Yeshiva, which he deserved it. I mean, he cheat. Um, um, but again, so that, that was rampant in the 70s, uh, late 70s, I believe, early 80s. So you're saying it was terrible that he yeah. got more food for his yeshiva students? Yes, uh, by cheating the government and becoming a, so, uh, yeah, I'm saying Jew, religious Jews shouldn't be cheating the government under any circumstance, even for the purpose of getting more food for yeshiva students. I mean, again, that's pretty low on the totem pole of crimes, I would think. But not for orthodox Jews, I mean. To get more food for yeshiva Yeah, but I'm saying is you're stealing. Basically, you're lying. But they they would bust in. Let me just tell you how rampant it was. One yeshiva would, you know, when the inspector came, they knew the inspector was coming, the government inspector, they would bust in from a neighboring yeshiva. (laughs) They would have school buses come, like more of another, you know, 200 kids. You know, and be in the dining room that day. So that is disgusting, in my opinion. What did they do with the extra money? Did the guy pocket? No, the so you just get more food, so you, you could serve. Did he buy more food? Or no, no, no one pocketed the money. It wasn't. No money. You, you, yeah, yeah, you get it's you get cans of food, or you get actual so government gifts, peanut butter, cheese, milk, all the stuff. So it's not a check, yeah. even. You get uh, you get actual food. Actually, I was just uh, when I went in recently, t- I took a tour of a school in Lakewood. They cook 4,400 lunches a day because they have a girls' school and a boys' school. It's a, one of the largest. It's elementary school. They have each each class. Let's show you how the growth in this town in Lakewood. They have 10 parallel classes, 10 of each grade. So it's 10 first grades, 10 second grades. <laughs> so this, the boys' class 2,400 kids and the girls' class 2,000. And they cook in one kitchen 4,400 meals a day. He told me it's completely covered by the government. I told someone else about it. They said, there's no question this guy is doing <laughs> You can't get it completely. He said, the students, they don't charge the students a cent. It's all government funded. The whole meal. 4,400 meals a day. Lunch. It may be applicable to this situation more than baseball. This concept of moral hazard. You create a moral hazard when you have programs like that. Yes, that's which just that's invite, uh, like coding, it just invites disregarding the rules. You're creating the moral hazard. No one... No one can adhere to those rules. That's you're a just, good point. You're inviting people to steal. You know, it's, it's so when I, I can tell you, when I was in yeshiva, there was a, a my yeshiva that happened to be. The yeshiva was very meticulous about 
these issues because again so many programs out there and unfortunately everyone cuts corners so there was a guy I remember having had a Harusa a friend of mine married and he uh, applied for HUD you, you know he was eligible but when you're on HUD I never lose you can't have a washing machine dryer in your house it's okay it's one of the rules right no, was it asked because you the assumption is you can't if you could afford your own personal then you shouldn't be on HUD mm-hmm. this guy so he asked my Rosh Hashiva at the time he said listen I, I was proved for HUD my wife, I'm not going to send my wife to the laundromat. <laughs> so he, like, can I put the washer dryer in the garage? It's not in my house. And then I'll, uh, so like section eight. Was violation. It was a section eight. So right, so it's not in my house. It says it's in my house. He said no. He said if you want, if you want to take section eight, you have to keep every meticulous rule. If Why? you don't, you're cheating. Sounds like he's government not cheating. Saying, oh, government no, says you can't have a washer dryer. You can't. You're going to put it in your garage. That is cheating the government. Way. Well, let's say there That's was connected. a breezeway. Let's say there's no connection. Anyway, I'm just showing you how it, it's a problem because people rationalize cheating. I mean, this is in like everything in yes, life. I mean, Ed knows with investors, you present like a amazing idea. No, Theranos. That's, that's again, everyone. That's, Theranos is famous no, now for but this. That's, You're that's giving again, an idea. Embellishing. It's more than embellishing. No, I'm saying again. Oh, that is the norm. Enron, if you switch the numbers, that's, that's they went to jail for that. Some people, right? But embellishing, the numbers, is but embellishing is different. So we're going to. In law, we use the term puffery. Okay, right, exactly. and puffery, puffery is, is acceptable. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Line and advertising, is not. but it's a subtle. But Theranos really crossed the line. Yeah, when I mean, you get yeah. the politicians, lying is acceptable. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is it? it it's crazy. Exaggeration. Puffery means Puff. you're just uh, you're you like you say. Uh, this this uh, will whiten yeah. your teeth and you paint in, the best uh, picture. Like Donald Trump's an impufferer. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I think all would agree. Yeah. yeah. So this is where I, I get. Oh well, yeah. Confused. So that's a good. Uh, Ther- you know the story with Theranos. I mean, it's famous really now. There's already a movie about it. It's like what did they? What this is puff? the woman in San Francisco and oh, Stanford yeah. that who went one to, drop went to St. John's here, by the way. Who went to St. John's would be able to do a million different tests and nothing really ended up proving but she got all these amazing people on her board nine billion dollars billions hey. and she's still not in jail Okay, we got, let's, I want to get this chuva done at least. Okay. So the second response, we'll get back to medical coding and all that stuff, Maybe. government programs. A few minutes. The next uh, response, which is okay. the second one here on the sheet, Simon Lamed on the left <coughs> column. So this was uh, more relevant to the Astros, which is um, the case was, and this again, unfortunately, was very prevalent. In, when I was in high school, which is there was, New York State has Regents exams, which is a standardized test from the state, Remember still in existence, well. still in existence. And in order to graduate, if you're a resident of New York State, it's called a re, you get you have to get a Regents diploma. So it's not enough you just went through high school uh, for you know four years of suffering through high school. You have to take the standardized exams yeah, called the Regents, and if you don't pass, you you can't cannot get a diploma if you're a resident of New York State. Like my son, who's going to school in New York, he's in high school in New York. Um, but he's not a resident of New York State. He doesn't have to take it. So he he can, mm. even though he's going to school now, and he's getting a regular diploma because he doesn't need a regional diploma. So the, the in my days, the way it would work is basically the system is the as all many standardized testing. I don't know how it works today. Is they send the packet in cellophane wrap to the principal's office the day before the test. It's overnight in you know in the principal's office, and many times, especially in yeshivas where the security is very lax, you can have access to the principal's office um, easily um, and people would go in and get the answer key, open the cellophane, somehow rewrap it or the principal looked away at it, exactly how it worked, I've never done it. I've purchased the answers but I've never, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never stolen myself. Never stolen. <laughs> um, so then, and then there actually was a business, people would sell the answers to the regions and this was prevalent throughout public schools in New York City um, and yeshivas. Uh, um, but it was, it was so prevalent that when I, the year, I believe it was the chemistry, geometry regions, 10th grade, the New York Post, the morning of the regions, published the answer key on their front page. <laughs> what? Just to show how prevalent how easy it was cheating to get it. And oh their point was. God. And they published the answer key. And the test went on, but it was such a big uproar because the New York Post, it was known, everyone did it, but the New York Post published the key, and of course they had bought it from a yeshiva guy. So he, <laughs> um, he didn't say that in the article, but it ended up 
there had to be an investigation, and a guy who I happened to know was arrested, and they showed him the handcuffs, a guy with a yarmulke, 10th grader, who had stolen it, and he had sold it to the New York Post, and now he's the New York Post. Um, so uh, it was, uh, again, a big chil Hashem, it was obviously not a good thing. This guy, back, by the way, this 10th grader is currently a, a famous rabbi. He sends out a parsha. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big rabbi now. He runs I know <laughs> no, no. This rabbi was probably the one that took the kidneys from people and sold them in Israel. <laughs> well, Yossi, was that? I mean, it's a good thing. A I'm asking you a question, Yossi, the, uh, about the regency. The regions were easy tests. But because for well, I was going to say, so in, your, in the yeshiva world, where you may not have studied the secular subject the same depth that we study in non-yeshiva uh, world, I mean, if you didn't get a hundred in our in our world in the schools I went, if you didn't get a hundred on the regions, you weren't you weren't paying ever paying attention. <laughs> but you, isn't there again a moral hazard? If you didn't hazard, get a hundred in yeshiva, that means you didn't buy the answers. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, isn't that kind of a moral hazard where you're really not studying secular subjects so, well enough to? Uh, so he was going to address that. Okay. That's a very good point. Okay. So this so this is the response from so someone asked from Moshe Feinstein again. This is 1980. Um, it was during that time again. It was extremely prevalent. Um, it was standard fear, although Ramosha, as we'll see, doesn't believe it. So this, someone asked this question, Thomas Tafshin Mem Zayin, we're in the second left column here, so I'm going to read you the response. So he says, L'chvod mar tzvi hersh lefrak, for, this is a response to Mr. Lefrak, I don't know if he was a principal or why, or he's a parent who was not happy with their kid, or whatever. He doesn't, I don't know who this guy Lefrak is. Hinei, b'davar she'ilaso, um, as far as your question, Shama, that this is what you heard, should be yeshivos, that in certain yeshivos, so he's going even a step further, that material and talmidim, they actually encourage them, because like you said, their focus is not on the secular studies. So, you know, they don't, they look away, so to speak, when kids it's are cheating on the regions. It's the regions are right. a nuisance to them. Meaning, it, legally, by the way, yes, you have to, in New York State, you're required to have secular studies, as in many states. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a requirement. So, and, and, parents do want their kids to do it. The question is how seriously they take it, and in those days for sure, many shivas were not taking it seriously in the sense of, you know, they... they it's uh, still an issue now, by the way, I mean... Sure, yeah, now there's a big fight. People right. are actually are people, there's certain there's a group of ex-Hasidim who are suing um, their yeshivas because they claim they didn't get a proper education, and they weren't up to par with the state requirements, and now they're trying to go to college or whatever it is, and they then they have to take GEDs. They, they realize they know zero. All they know to do is cook and sew, or whatever. And and So so there's actually yeah. a, there's a big fight going on in New York State. There are former Orthodox people who are pushing the state to crack down um, on yeshivas, and there's a big fight going on. Um, so uh, so he says like this, he says, and this way you heard that in Yeshiva is matirin, they permit letalmidim lignovas atshuvas, to steal the answers, lashelos, to the questions, bimivchane asiyum, in the final exam, shosa medina, that the state does, in parentheses, regents, kidei lahonos, in order to, to, con- to deceive, ulekabalatatudot, to get the diploma, shagamru betov, that they say they finished in fine standing. So they want the diploma, so the, the Yeshivas many times will allow their students to... Uh, to, 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 to cheat. Hine, Doverze, he says, so first of all, he says, Doverze, Aser, it's clearly prohibited. Lorak Medina the Machusa, not only by the law of the land, she says, also, as we know, the law of the land becomes halacha in these type of cases. Ela Medina Torah, but also besides the law of the land, even if the law of the land wouldn't prohibit it, it would be prohibited from the Torah. He says, And don't assume that it's only Ganevis Das, which is maybe you think is a lower level of dece- deception, of, you know, where you're conveying a false impression that you knew the answers when you didn't. He says, not only, he says, not only is it, it's not only Ganevitz Gas, Shagam Ken Aser, which is clearly Aser Gadam HaShemul, Bechulin, in Tracte Chulin, Sha'asa Lignav Das Abiris, Afilu Da'at Shalakum, even Nadrus, deception is not only prohibited for you to deceive a fellow Jew, it's this, meaning, again, conveying a false impression, not talking about stealing literally, stealing literally, of course, is prohibited, they say even this concept of Ganevis Das, of conveying a false impression, let's say, is also for non-Jew, that means if I'm visiting someone in the hospital, um, and the person, the non-Jew neighbor, comes out and says, Rabbi, it's so nice you came to visit, so it would still be prohibited, okay, meaning, conveying a false impression is not limited, he says, to, to Jews or non-Jews, Surely, in this case, everyone agrees this is conveying a false impression. That meaning, because you're, even if you're saying you're not fooling the state, you're fooling your fellow classmates, your parents, your your principal. 
Eldugam Geneva, so he says, this is where is the punchline here, he says, fascinating statement, he makes a jump here, he says, when you do this, you're not only stealing Geneva's das, that level of stealing, you're also actually, and Ron pointed out before, you're stealing money. It's considered thievery, literal thievery. Why, he says? He says, Gam Geneva's dover mamish, it's like you're stealing something, an item, a monetary item. So here's a big jump, and um, fascinating statement he makes. He says, because when you want to go out and get a job in the future, later in life, someone should hire you, to work in his business. He says, most people want someone with a cut, with a with a high school diploma. Now, unless you're flipping burgers in Burger King, uh, even then, pr- they probably required at this point to flip burgers, but they want someone with a high school diploma. So he says, you're going out to get a job, and he says, in most cases, they want someone with a high school diploma. Misha Gamarit, if someone who literally, ha- who really has it, who got it uh, based on his knowledge, um, he applied himself to the studying, the, the secular studies, who year low, um, have to do that. You're going to show them your diploma, or it says that on your resume, that you have a high school diploma, that you finished in good standing, and they're hiring you based on that degree. Okay? You're creating quite a visual going to McDonald's to get a job. He says, this is literally thievery. He says, it's stealing money, because now every time you get your paycheck, it's based on the assumption that you came to them, that you had this in your resume. It says you graduated high school. So that means, he says, so every time you're, you're getting paid from that job, you're stealing money. Because he wouldn't have hired you had you not had a high school diploma. And the only way you had the high school diploma is by stealing the answers from the regents. So he says, therefore, it's Geneva's moment. They know Lithos. Um, and don't make a mistake, Veloma, and say, Shafin Kumlu Lavod, even if he, he would have accepted me anyway, even though he only accepted me, assuming I have this, this uh, high school diploma. Listen, everyone knows you, your high, whatever you learned in high school is rarely used in your job. The knowledge you get in high school, um, you know, it's everything you, you need to, for most jobs today, you, you know, by second grade. You learned by second grade. So what you learned in high school, he says, maybe you can make the argument, you can rationalize and say, it's not an, that knowledge is really, I could have done the same exact job I'm doing now without the high school diploma. So this guy, you know, he had this crazy hakpada, he had this crazy thing that he wants some of the high school diploma, but it's not relevant practically for the job. So he says, maybe, he says, don't make a mistake and say that. Um, that in a case where the person has this crazy thing, I'm allowed to lie because it's irrelevant. Like, well, you know, it's irrelevant to practically for this job. So he says, Chada, he says, that's wrong. Chada, number one is, even though maybe it's true that, let's say, assume that you don't need any of your high school skills, high school knowledge for the skills for this job. So he says, but at the end of the day, the contract that he hired you with is not a valid contract, because meaning, because you, because he was basing it on his assumptions. Even if he's crazy, he wanted you to only wear, uh, you know, someone who has an IQ above uh, whatever, and you didn't have that IQ, you lied on your resume. Well, right, so it's, it's a, he says, the, so then the contract is null and void. Is that true, legally? If he hired you based on a certain assumption, irrelevant to whether it's a crazy, you know, it's meaning if, if, if it's material, if it's material, and material is, is kind of in the eye of the beholder a lot of times. But if, if it's a material lie that really would have been a game changer. No, so he's saying even if it wasn't a game changer, halachically speaking, um, the contract, his hiring is not a valid hiring. It, it's, not, meaning it's not ethical, but... No, we're not talking about ethical. But it, about but it would halacha. probably not nullify the contract. Right, he's saying in halacha it would. Material if I put change. in the contract, if I put in the job description, high school diploma necessary, or college degree necessary, and you lied and you don't have that, he says, then the contract is null and void, halachically speaking. He fired someone because he lied in the resume. <laughs> he only finished two years of college. He was going to school at night, but in his in the interview and application, was down that he had a degree. So he could have become a politician. Yeah. But that's well, was he doing the job? I actually did something. The 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 university actually gave me. Uh, the information that he didn't have his degree. Um, he shouldn't have. Uh, but this was Canada. They did. Um, I went to Human Resources. I said, I want him fired. And uh, I had him fired. His boss, the guy that worked for me, 
uh, was very upset with me. Yeah, he was too so Was he doing a good job or not? Well, he lied. He lied. Oh, okay, he, didn't, so that's he, didn't have, he didn't have the, uh, the credentials. necessary credentials to oh. do the jo uh, job effectively. Yeah, but it was just on paper or was it practical? Saying, was it Both. Yeah, but wait a minute. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is he lied. No, no, I understand, yeah. but I'm yeah. just trying to understand. Uh, the, the, the rabbi's assumption in this shoe is that if you graduated high school, you obtained it honestly, and therefore honesty is part of your resume. Well, you get that's second, really yeah. the key he's gonna issue. He's going to say that. First he's saying it's actual stealing. He's saying even if you can rationalize and saying it's irrelevant, not in your case, where it's irrelevant, his skill set of that's high school you, skill set is irrelevant, it's still the contract is null and void. He's saying Allah. There was a complicating factor because this is in, in the days of Cyclosporin when we were going for an approval. The, uh, the people at the... Uh, and the equivalent of the FDA in Canada, Health Canada. Yeah, Health Canada didn't call it that back then. But there was a husband and wife, and one of them was the reviewing officer. Uh. So now the question, I had a dilemma. Do I just close my eyes and keep the guy on board because it could impact the approval of Cyclosporin? Yes. Uh. You would say yes. Or the question. Or do I fire him and just take the chance, whatever happens? Here's another. We, I saying, so what happened? Did you get approved? Uh, we got it approved in uh, under a year. Yeah, I, need, I need to finish the juice. Because oh, yeah. it was a wonder Another variation. Uh, hey, let, let's finish and then we'll then Stealing we'll, from yourself. So he says like this. He says, Again, he says, of course, he says, even without all this, there's a prohibition to lie. The chalofen, in any, in any situation, even if the lie is not relevant practically to anything, which is not so simple. There are many poskim who are of the opinion, early authorities, who say the, the biblical prohibition of lying is only when there's a monetary gain from the lying, which maybe in this case you could say there is. They know me this is not one of the three things that you're allowed to lie for which we discussed in the past like for Shalom Bayes or you know things like that there are certain things you for sure you, know, you may be allowed to change the truth but this is not one and even if he knows he's lying if he would know he says if the boss would find out that he lied like in your case um, so he would not rely on him, meaning there's an, there's an, there's an integrity issue here. She's saying one second, one second. He's, he's saying there's another problem. Is Forget whether it has effect or not, that you really need a high school diploma, you don't, for this job. He's saying if the boss would know he lied, then the boss would not trust him with the cash register or many other things. There's an integrity issue. The fact that he now he would know you're dishonest would itself be a problem. Yes. The question was, do you have a high school diploma? The correct answer was yes. He didn't lie. If they asked, did you obtain it honestly? Then he could. <laughs> no, but again, you know, so that's that? yeah. he's saying no. He he's saying I don't really have a high school. Listen, I stole a high school diploma. You know, but I, I have do a have paper. one. That's uh, that's I, I bought it on the nah, I bought on the internet and I printed it out. That's not a high school diploma. That's a piece of paper, right? So he's assuming that a high school diploma obtained through Cheating is not a high school diploma. You don't have a high school diploma. Well, that's, that's another assumption. <laughs> yeah. Okay, agreed. Yeah. Here's a variation on a thing. Uh, it's not but it's relevant to this. I know. But it's okay, we'll go ahead. We'll do it for next week. You know what, Rabbi? When yeah. the Torah said that the Jews, the Jewish boys uh, were, 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 were let off by the midwives, and then the next sentence it says, then Pharaoh said, kill all the boys. Mm-hmm. It's so the same thing. We no assumed that it was the Jewish boys. He had a diploma. It's the same thing. What are you talking about? Man? I have no idea what I'm you're talking about. about the Torah doing exactly what you're saying. Hold the thought. The Torah right. can do anything they want. <laughs> um, he says like this. He says, um, so again, even, so since if the guy would know that you were dishonest, um, the Yigrom Sheyach Shalach, and he has a convoluted case here where he's saying, well, let's say, let's say there's money missing from the company, from the cash register one day. So this guy's going to assume, listen, your boss can assume, you have a high school degree, you have a degree in Kippa, you, you convey yourself as a religious Jew, who's usually, in most cases, um, you older, pass. most cases, um, people with Kippas don't, are, are pretty ethical and honest. Okay, let's make that assumption. Most. Right, most. So therefore, he's going to assume that. But now, 
so now when money's missing in the company, if something happened, an unethical thing happened in the company, he's automatically going to look at the other employees and, and, and not look at you. He's going to make that assumption automatically, which is he's saying, so now someone else is going to get fired, maybe, based on your portraying yourself as an as a honest, integral person, when, when really you're not. And really he, she, you know, he really would not have fired the other person so quickly, but he's just excluding you because he thinks you're this religious-looking person who's very in, who has integrity. He says, Really, he wouldn't rely on you for anything if he knows you're a cheat, you're, you're a dishonest person. It can cause him to suspect others, other employees. You know, the paper clips are missing one day from the office, or the, right, there's no more paper in the copy machine because the guy walked out with all the paper. He's not going to suspect you. You're, you learned in yeshiva, and you portray yourself as this, uh, this holy person. He's going to fire the other guy, because he's going to assume there's only two employees. It can't be the firm guy. So of course, it's the other guy. Um, even though the other guy might have not done anything wrong. He's automatically going to assume it's that guy. If he would know that this guy learned in yeshiva is lying to him, lied to him, he wouldn't be so clear and run to suspect the other guy so quickly. That's another aspect, which is, sounds interesting. Vod says another thing is the can. I would, I would say uh, something else, which is that there's also loss of income, meaning, let's say there were two applicants for the job. And one had one. I put a high school diploma, even though I cheated on the on the resume, and the other guy didn't. So I'm going to end up being hired, and the other guy's going to lose his job. So there's a loss of income that I caused the other guy also. Because the other guy should have cheated, got my high school diploma, and he I agree. Though the Kanchamakpidinchi says, surely here where people are but they are careful about this. They want people. Um, they want people to have a high school diploma. There's nothing wrong with, with that, and of someone making that a requirement. He says there's something to saying that someone who is an expert in secular studies, he'll know more about business aspects. Whereas some guy who only studied the Talmud his whole life, it's not necessarily going to be as, what's the word, uh, conducive for business, or he's not going to be as astute in business, which is really probably not true. Shiva guys are very astute in business. So he says, uh, so he says that's another aspect. So it's, it's a valid requirement is to want someone who knows secular studies. Um, and therefore, there's no question it's prohibited. So he says now he brings another thing. This is the firm rationalization, which is people say, listen, and when, this is a standard thing even in today's high schools, uh, unfortunately, firmer high schools, which is that they say it's bit Torah. Meaning, listen, I, we have to go to secular studies, I understand. But I could study four hours for the final, you know, two weeks for the final, or I could just, uh, you know, pay ten bucks to get the answer key. So I'll be able to study all the, the two weeks of studying that we've been studying geometry, I can now use to study Torah. Right? So that's the rationalization. Says Ramosha, that's also wrong. He says, he says, um, he says, uh, even if you're going to think that he's gaining, he's benefiting by cheating because now he has more time to study Torah he says there's no permission to steal in order to study Torah that's prohibited which goes back to the government program before of bringing more food to the yeshiva guys um, it doesn't, that does not have to that's not a permission just because you're helping people study Torah that's not a permission to steal Vim justifies the means. He says, let's say this guy is totally dedicated to Torah. Don't worry about it. There's no problem with Torah going to secular studies. Here he's sort of pushing to a certain extent secular studies. He says, it's not Bittal Torah. He says, listen, you have to do it anyway. You're going to spend those three hours in the afternoon studying secular subjects anyway. So if you, he says, if you're going to do it, do it right. And apply yourself and actually gain the knowledge and don't sit there, you know, and play Sudoku, you know, under your desk all day. Because he says, you're anyway not studying Torah at that time. So then if you're going to do it, actually get the knowledge and it actually might help you in life, believe it or not. He says, um, once you're anyway going to study secular study, it's just a laziness and a rationalization that you're learning in a way that you don't know, um, that you're not going to gain the knowledge. 
Because you're going to say, oh, so I, don't need to, I don't need to listen in class because I can just get the How answer. How is this response Kezman. received? Kezman, who I'll on a battle, because anyway, you're, you're losing that time. Father Rabbi, Miss Ragley says you're getting used to, you're, getting, you're, you're causing yourself to, to have, uh, I guess the word is habitual, to become hab- habitual in sitting in a class or in, and learning and not even, you know, listening. I'm a lazy liar. Right, exactly. Shema Shalom and Miss Ragalatzos, which causes you for, to, to future laziness even in your study of Torah. So, so meaning it's it's an act, it's not a good thing. In either case, if you're going to study, you might as well do it right and study actually. Then he ends off, which I, I, I will read it, but he ends off saying, he, which is a little naive on his part, but uh, he says that uh, I really, by the way, it's clear to me that this never happened. No yeshiva guy would ever cheat on their studies, and uh, and and you're hearing lies, even though you read in the paper. There's just people that are anti yeshiva and trying to destroy the yeshivas. Um, and he says actually, and it's known, everyone knows that yeshiva guys do much better than even public school students. Um, and, 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 and students who are not in yeshiva they do much better in their studies even in secular studies he writes which that part is true happens to be true because they're in private school and, even, and they're cheated they're better cheaters also but, uh, but, uh, but the point is that uh, he, so he is someone even in that sense he's trying to say don't believe it it's Lashonara it can never happen no yeshiva guy would ever cheat and Egypt. so just getting uh, to finish off applying it to the Astros so clearly the question so assuming we make this jump from Geneva Das to actual Geneva, so it means just conveying a false impression that Umoja says that is actually monetary theft. If the ramifications are that you're conveying that false impression gives you a championship or, get, or lets you win the game and now or makes you this great player now is going to get signed by Nike for advertisement so there's so then you're stealing Nike is signing you on only because they're assuming you have these great skills but if your whole skills is based on deception so then you really don't have those skills then the Nike every time you get paid from Nike or whatever it is or the t- or you get the champ whatever the whatever the ramifications are in monetary way he says that's a little still stealing now legally does that mean you know, again, we can sue, or who's liable, really? Is it the owners? Is it the managers? Is it the, is it so, so next week we'll address the question of if it's the norm in that, we'll in that profession. We'll And we'll try to, yeah, maybe we'll get the medical coding if I can find